0: Everybody, welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by...
1: Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That's right, and this week we're taking
0: a left turn into indie comics here. This is my pick. We're going to read and review Normal Man number one from
1: 1984. Yeah, Normal Man. I had never heard of this Okay, until you mentioned it last week, and uh, well, you describe what to the kids what this is so
0: this is Jim Valentino of Image Comics fame this is uh, independently published well it's published by Cerebus, Sorry, Aardvark Vanaheim which was Dave Sims' company
1: and it's basically yes, I can give you some info on that sure uh, by the way do you know what Vanaheim means? I, I had to look this up
0: I don't know is it a play on is it a Nor, Nor Norwegian word or something?
1: yeah it's like Norse mythology okay it's supposed to be uh, an area in the Norse kingdom where like uh, a bunch of smart people lived Oh, okay, cool. Kind of pretentious, eh? <laughs> like, people of wisdom and fertility. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, interesting. But anyway, yeah, so the publisher's name is Aardvark Vanaheim, a Canadian independent comic book publisher founded by Dave Sim and his wife, Denny Lubert. Is that how you order it? Lubert? Well, yeah, ask? if it's Canadian, it's Lubert, yep. Uh, I don't know, though, because sometimes you, you Canadians, I mean, <laughs> uh, I was going to get into a discussion of your last name.
0: Well, because,
1: I say you know, Poirier, but it's probably Poitier. But yeah. I always anyway.
0: you'd only say that if you're pretentious or you're French or both.
1: <laughs> but they found it in 1977, and uh, they're best known for publishing Sim's Cerebus, that comic book we talked about last week a little bit about the little aardvark, mm-hmm. warthog guy-looking thing. Yeah, that is. Yeah, uh, and uh, they divorced in 1984. And Denny moved to the U.S. and started Renegade Press. I didn't know that. Which lasted until 1988. And Renegade Press took all the books from Aardvark Vanaheim except for Cerebus. Interesting. So Normal Man started out on Aardvark Vanaheim, but it ended its run on Renegade Press. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> and Normal Man actually got his uh, first appearance as in a pair of four-page backup stories and Cerebus issues 56 and 57 in 1983, and then he got his own series in 1984 that lasted for 12 issues, and then the story, I think it was published by uh, monthly there, so... Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. And then the story ended in Normal Man 3D Annual 1 at the end of uh, 1985, I believe, hmm. and so that's like the backstory of Normal Man's publishing history, but what about the character, Mike?
0: Well, first let me tell you my first exposure to this character was when I was a little kid. There was a guy who lived down the street from me. I won't say his last name, but his first name was Derek.
1: Why can't you say his last
0: name? Well, oh, I don't want to get I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to tarnish his name, but all it right. wasn't until years later that I realized he was a compulsive liar. Like, oh, so, I see what's going yeah, on here. All so all many right. things he used to tell me that I believed at face value. I find out later he just ripped off of different things and i remember him telling me he created a superhero called captain everything and i remember a drawing and all this stuff yeah then like years later i see this comic book and i'm like what the hell oh he just ripped it off but anyway so this is a parody of superhero comic books but it's about a character named normal man who as far as i know in this universe is the only character with no superpowers And, Uh, and on that planet okay on this planet yes on this planet and so basically there's There's a character called Captain Everything who's a parody, kind of a Superman and Captain Marvel. There's the Legion of Superfluous Heroes. There's a Sergeant.
1: Superfluous. (laughs) Superfluous. Yeah.
0: Uh, There's a character named Sergeant Fluffy who's. (laughs) Oh, I
1: like this because you guys make fun of me uh, pronouncing wolf. Wolf. So now I can make fun of you for not being able to pronounce it. Superfluous. There you go. go Superfluous. Superfluous. Anyway,
0: Sergeant Fluffy is a parody <laughs> of Sergeant Rock, Ultra Conservative, I guess is a parody of Captain America, sort of, and it goes on from there. And uh, Wait, wait, did you say Sergeant
1: Fluffy is... Is Sergeant Fury? Yeah, 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 I thought you, I blacked out there.
0: No, 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 and then the Ultra Conservative is kind of like Captain America, I guess you could say. Ah, but not, well, like, a play, so. well, he's a play on... I think he's more on political...
1: Sure. Going on in the country. Okay. The okay. Yeah.
0: And um, and that's pretty much it. Like there's you know Fantastic Four parodies in here. So it's basically just it's almost like you know Mad Magazine or what the. But it's a full story. Yeah. And that's yeah, it's, pretty it's much the comic. very what the. Like yeah.
1: When I was reading this. Yeah. Uh, but this uh, normal man fella, uh, his <clears throat> history. He started on a planet called Arnold. <laughs> right. Now, do you know why they named the planet Arnold? I was trying no. to look this up. do you? Because yeah, I don't get that joke. Like, Arnold. Oh. Um, but anyway, he started on a planet <sighs> no. Arnold, Arnold, uh, well, but his dad was a junior CPA, and his dad was convinced that the planet was going to explode in eight hours, so he built a rocket and sent his baby into space, and the, that baby is normal, man. Uh, right. The planet never exploded, and uh, apparently the guy's wife murdered him because uh, they sent their baby into space. No it's funny, but the baby flew through space for 20 years uh, before landing on the planet Levram. Get it? Yeah, see that joke you can get. That's Marvel backwards. <laughs> right. But Arnold, I'm not sure what that joke is. Like, what's the connection there? I don't know. Out? Anyway, uh, but yeah, he's the only normal person on a planet of heroes, and uh, so the whole he's trying to get back to his planet of Arnold. Basically, is what's happening here. But he's right. trapped around all these crazy superhero people, right? And all the covers of the series, all twelve covers, parodied famous comic book covers, right? That's a that's a great gimmick. And I if love it. And you go it, through yeah. and look at all the covers; it's pretty funny. Like, yeah, you can see it. Yeah. So, Michael, do you know the issue that this book parodies with its cover? That's a good
0: question because, to be honest, I didn't know it was a specific cover. I thought it was just yeah. a Superman in general. But do you know? Yes, yeah, Superman ah. issue one
1: forty-six
0: son of a gun i'm gonna have to look that up right now superman this this is the part of the show where we google things number 146 which i have probably seen actually i don't know if i've seen this one but it's a damn good cover i love it yeah it's one rocket ship oh yeah
1: well i guess we can talk about the cover now i suppose
0: yeah yeah so in the original cover it's jor-el and and laura and they're watching Kal-El, who's baby Superman, you know, leaving Krypton in a rocket. And, oh, here, it's, this is, for the first time, the complete story of Superman's life. So, I've probably read this at some point, but I just don't remember this cover. But, yeah, it's pretty classic.
1: Yeah, so the Normal Man issue one cover. Yes. Um, it's a little baby Normal Man and his uh, rocket ship taking off. And his parents are on the left there. Uh <clears throat> His dad's all excited, you know. He's like, "Hey!" Jumping up and down. Yep. Our son won't perish when our doomed world explodes. This rocket will take him to a safe planet. And the mother's like, "Ah, my baby!" Great. Right. Upset. And normal and, man. We we didn't describe what he looks like. Uh, would you care to describe sure, him?
0: Sure. So normal man is. Uh, he's dressed in kind of like he wears like, I guess orange pants, like bell-bottom pants, uh, black shoes, a green. Um, what's it called, plaid jacket, a white dress-up shirt or button-up shirt, whatever you want to call it, and a and a polka dot bow tie, red red and black bow tie. And he's got a sort of blonde crew cut and big glasses, sort of like horn-rimmed glasses. And he basically yeah. just looks like a nerd, like a classic nerd, right?
1: Yeah, because again, his father was a, uh, a junior CPA, like an accountant. And it, like if a baby was dressed like an accountant, that's what he'd look like. Right, right pledge and so on this cover he's a baby
0: but really he just looks like a small version of the adult with big glasses and he's instead of a, a jacket he's wrapped in a plaid blanket and he's got the bow tie and he's kind of yeah. like screaming like kind of like yelping like in fear as he's being rocketed away from this planet he,
1: he kind of dresses like uh old school jimmy olsen right isn't that how they yeah show jimmy olsen? yeah you could say that yep uh, but the other thing about this normal man guy, uh, he's only got three fingers and a thumb. And like all the characters in this book have three fingers and a thumb. Which uh, is, uh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's a little weird because normal man and then he's clearly not normal. He's got three well, I think this is just a classic
0: um, like uh, trope of, uh, you know, comedy comics. In fact, did you ever notice that the thing from Fantastic Four only has three fingers? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you look up the thing, yeah, he only has three fingers. Isn't that crazy? What happened to his other finger when he turned it into the thing? <laughs> uh, who knows? Weird, eh? Huh. But yeah, I'm looking him up right now to confirm, and yet, sure enough, he only has three fingers.
1: <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, so it's normal, man. Uh, also on the cover here, we got a little box saying featuring uh, no scene even remotely like this inside. Exclamation right. point. So this little joke there. A little a little DC Comics joke, I think, right? Yeah, and uh, you got the uh, like a blue uh, pillar on the left side, and a big uh, yellow background in the sky, and the buildings are bent weird, and like right. so you can tell it's a cartoony kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's a good cover, though, right?
0: I like it, and we should point out the buildings do not look like alien or futuristic; they kind of just look like regular 20th century Earth buildings. Yeah, little and o- oddly shaped
1: some of them. But, yeah. Uh,
0: and then uh, the the two the mother and the father are sort of dressed like Jor-el and Lara from Superman, just different colors. Yeah,
1: and that's it. And and they're I, jumping. Up. Oh, go ahead. I, I forget what the father's name was, uh-huh. but eventually, I guess Normal Man he finds out that his real name is Norm L.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love it. See, no, Dad for the was record. like Joel or Jerk L. Okay. Think.
0: Like I actually got about three or four of these original comics in paper
1: form, including this one. Really? So I read the paper copy. Wow! Look at you. Yep. Hey, you know what? Uh, I was going to say you're a millionaire now. You got these old classic normal man. Not, not really. They're not. I think you can get them for like four bucks. These normal probably, probably. But the final normal man. Or no, you know what? I'm I'm jumping ahead. I'm doing okay. something else. Never mind. Okay. I was. I remembered an interesting tidbit about a book I was going to pick for next week, and then I changed my mind on. So wow, it's completely useless right here. But I'll put it in my pocket and I'll save there you it go. For later.
0: Yeah. Put
1: a pin in it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, actually, I gotta say, I, I
0: actually do like this cover. Yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah. good cover. Like
0: and like the the normal man logo is a, is a is the Superman logo just different, right? Aardvark, Vanheim, and I gotta say, the first thing I want to say is that. I really have an affinity for indie comics that look like this, that look like kind of handmade, you know? That's one thing I like about it. Like, it's obviously drawn by a cartoonist, not, you know, like a photorealistic art style. So, I like this, it.
1: This was uh, $2 in Canada. Yep. seventy in the United States. Yep. And this came out in, what, 84 So 84
0: $2. That's a lot. That's expensive yeah. for back then. Yep. Now, it's also funny because if you notice, even on the inside of this first cover, it actually says at the top, uh, circulation 18,000. I don't know how they could know that. Yeah. I guess maybe they just, maybe, we, I guess when they're publishing it, they knew how many they were publish- uh, printing, so. I suppose. Interesting.
1: I mean, who who did they, uh, they had Diamond Comics as the distributor, it says right there, so. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. In okay. Capital City. Just, yeah, because inside the uh, cover, there's a note from the publisher. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, all kind of like telling you who the publisher is and uh, Denny Sim is the publisher. Right. Um, and uh, a bunch of addresses for different things. A lot of distributors. Yep. And then she has a little message, I don't know, talking about Normal Man and… Uh,
0: yes, uh, how Normal how Normal Man was created. How Actually, I interviewed Jim Valentino and he told me the same story that he was living in a place called Normal Heights… And he, they were doing a comic called Almost Normal Comics. And then also in the story, you find out that they were going to publish a book called, what is it? Adventures of an Innocent Bystander or something like that. And they decided to kind of adapt that idea to this and just create Normal Man.
1: Yeah, Tales of the Innocent Bystander. Oh,
0: right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a cool idea, you know? Inspiration. And I apparently like they're located in
1: Kitchener, Ontario. I guess.
0: Yes. I've been there many times. How about you? Oh, yeah?
1: No, I've never been to Kitchener. Yeah, it's cool. It's nice. I barely left my house. (laughs) All right. So uh, now on the next page, we get Normal Man, like a little preview, a three-part novella. Yep. So again, this is... (laughs) The title is The Panties and Capes Syndrome. Right.
0: And it's uh, part one is not a dream. Part two is not a hoax. Part three is not an imaginary tale. And that's, of course, a parody of DC... Oh, you know, overusing that trope of not a dream, not a hoax on imaginary story or tale, uh, all throughout
1: the fifties and sixties. See, I did not know they did that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so then we see a little panel in pa- like an inset panel featuring the legion of wolfman wolf you can do it. Wolfman heroes, no, the <laughs> surpuflu- sur- su- superfluous heroes. There, it is. there you, you go. Superfluous. It. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then we see and then it's got like a little Legion of Superheroes parody we'll talk about later, then there's the featuring the ultra conservative and he's kind of like uh, doing something to some guy, then at the bottom it's featuring Sergeant Fluffy which is like the Sergeant Fury parody, and yeah, that's Sergeant,
1: it. Sergeant Fluffy, agent of Schmuck. Right, right. <laughs> and the and the Schmuck acronym stands for nothing in particular. Right, right. No, it's, and it's a uh, joke. Yeah. yeah, and then that's it. Now here's the thing
0: is. I have not read this in years, and I kind of forgot that it starts in the middle of the story. I forgot that there was like a lead up to this in Cerebus, which I've never read. So,
1: Yeah. Um, But (laughs) we should mention, not only is this written in pencil by Jim Valentino, he also inked, lettered, and colored it. Oh, cool. That's what I mean. Very handmade. I like that. And so,
0: yeah. So we start off in the middle. Basically, Normal Man is about to get punched by, is this the ultra conservative? Yes. Yes. And we have the parody of the Fantastic Four watching them. And they're, what is this, the Fantastical Four, right? I thought it was the Fanatical Four. Or Fanatical Four. And so we see kind of like the Johnny Storm and the Sue Storm in the background. And then we see like Mr. Fantastic and then kind of like a, a version of the thing. And then the Mr. Fantastic guy is like, why? It's another symbolic splash panel of a scene found nowhere in this comic. And that's definitely a DC dig, right? Yes, we talk right. about that a lot. Yeah. How
1: DC would do that for no apparent reason. Right. So basically,
0: yeah, we come in and ultra conservative knocks out normal man. He's knocked out. Then we have a little. An ultra
1: conservative is just in like a a
0: suit, like a politician. Three piece suit, right. And uh, we have a little note from the editor plugging Cerebus 56 and 57. And uh, and then now an ultra conservative is like, now that he's knocked out normal man, he's like, now I've got you in my clutches. And once I inject you with this serum, you'll become just as super powered as everyone else. I shall make you conform. And then we talked about the running joke where in the – well, this is another running joke where in the background we see these two superhero guys doing like a little dance and they're singing the song Panties and Capes, Panties and Capes, Super Folk Wear, Panties and Capes. Yes. And, uh, and then the version, the parody of the thing. Um, His name is the Lunk. I've the heard. Lunk. Yeah, the Lunk. He kind of steps through like a little window to save normal man. And he kind of just falls out of the window. And as he's falling, he's like, here I come to save the day. And he lands on the ultra conservative and then like with his ass. And then as he like lands on him, thud, the ultra conservative, he's got the serum in his arm. that's meant for normal man, but he accidentally injects himself in the bicep, right? Yes. So he accidentally injects himself and then he's all pissed off. So he kicks thunk in the face. Is it thunk? Yeah, lunk. 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 He kicks Lunk in the face, and then there's a thunk sound effect. Yes. And then um, Normal Man activates his um, what's it called? His ring. And then yeah, he, he has so, a
1: secret like um, signal ring to call right. Captain Everything. Everything,
0: just like how Jimmy Olsen does. Oh,
1: and he did. I didn't yep. know
0: that. Oh yeah, that's how he that's how he called Superman a supersonic uh-huh. uh, signal watch. Yep. I had no
1: idea. So,
0: right. Yeah. So then now, so there's kind of like another running gag is they're wondering what happened to Captain Everything. And so we'll find out in in part two. And then we cut over to the 33rd century headquarters of the Legion of Superfluous Superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so so basically we see the members all standing there looking like a viewer screen. And they're trying to get a hold of Captain Everything, but he hasn't answered the call. So then he's like, so this guy's name is Lightweight Lad. And then the girl is Uranus Girl. And she's like, you know, we're going to have to like jump in and help and we might even have to call the legion of substitute pets which is a parody of the legion of super pets which is real and the legion wow. of substitute heroes which is real Yikes. um and so then he, so then um uh, lightweight lad is like okay that sounds good but first we got to do roll call so then the next page we see a like a, a sea of like a thousand superheroes and we see Lightweight Lad reading this huge scroll of names. And he's like, ambiguous boy, here, ample lass, we're here. And the joke is, it's kind of like a power girl type girl with yeah, gigantic boobs. Yeah, her and boobs then he's, are the two yeah, of them. We're here. Right, we're here. And then he's like, androgynous person. And then we... Cu- There's a lot of cutting back and forth here. So then we cut back to the scene of uh, Ultra Conservative in the alley. And then he transforms into a superhero called... The liberalator, which is a which is a pun on liberator, right? And liberal.
1: Yeah, liberal. Hey Michael, yo, if you go back to that big sea of uh, heroes there on the roll call, like if you really look, uh he puts in some like noticeable, recognizable heroes. Yes. Like there's division the in there, there's Spider Man, there's uh Wolverine. Yep, yeah, Wolverine. Uh
0: let me see I who else. There's a pig guy, I don't know who that's supposed to be.
1: Yeah. I don't know, pig guy. Looks like Captain Marvel's in there. The ain't or Hawkman, Starman.
0: Oh, the Yellow Kid is in there.
1: Yep, Shazam. The Yellow Kid's right down in front. Uh huh. Howard yeah, the cool. Duck looks like on the right of the Yellow Kid. Uh, yeah, we're. Uh, look at the Yellow Kid, and go to his right. Uh, Howard the Duck. Is that right? Oh yeah, okay, I see him now. Yeah. Oh, oh and yeah, then Fred uh, Hemback. Fred- yeah, I was gonna say Fred. Yeah, Hemback's nice. There.
0: Very cool. <laughs> nice little trigger so there, guys. No there.
1: Attention. oh impossible man's back there on the left uh how about that yeah. all right anyway a yeah so anyway
0: so now um ultra conservatives become the liberal later and um and then basically normal man's like well while this is going on i'm gonna try and get out of here and then he's running away from the liberal later and then we see um above normal man's head we see a guy that looks like spider-man sm- getting smashed into a wall and basically the idea is that all these superheroes are always fighting, I think, right? And so yeah. he's running through the streets and
1: we see look, like Look at characters. that next panel, Michael. Who's fighting in that next panel? Oh that's panel?
0: our man. That's
1: right, it's our man. He takes yep. her narcotic and he gets powers for sixty minutes. Yep. It looks like he's fighting one of the X Men though, eh? Yeah, it looks kinda yeah. like uh yeah, old school X Men outfit.
0: Yep. And then another guy that looks like Superman kind of like gets knocked down right in front of him, and he's trying to get away to safety. And then we see those two guys in the background singing that song "Panties and Capes" again. And then are they, are um, they like
1: Siamese twins? It looks like they're actually yeah, they're connected.
0: Yeah, you're right there. I didn't realize that. Conjoined, yeah. And then uh, and then we cut back to the liberal later, who's kind of like shouting back and
1: forth with Lunk. And now, did you mention liberal later? He's now in a costume.
0: Yes, yes. Like, He's
1: in a superhero costume. Yes. A red, it's like, yellow gloves, yellow boots, a yellow fin on his head, but otherwise, like a red outfit, like The Flash.
0: Right. And then, um, and I and actually, I, I always liked this joke. I remember liking it as a kid. So, Liberal later punches out Lunk and he goes flying. And then the, the Reed Richards type guy says, You can't start a major action scene now. And he says, Why not? Because Helpless Woman isn't
1: safely hidden away
0: yet. And I remember as a kid thinking that was so funny. Huh. Really? It's, not,
1: it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, an invisible woman. She's helpless woman. That's her right. Name. Right, right.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then liberal later says, bah, there's no place any of you can hide that will save you from my wrath. Right. But then we got a cutaway to normal man running, running, running. And we see, you know, superheroes in the background fighting. And then as he runs by a scene, it looks like of Martian Manhunter fighting Thor. Supergirls in the background. It looks like Aquaman, maybe someone else. Oh, there's a little sign that says Mort Weisinger lives, which is a Superman editor, Mort Weisinger. Just at that moment, um, Normal Man gets pulled into a doorway. And then we, the page ends three quarters of the way, or three quarters. Yeah, three quarters of the way down, or two thirds of the way down. And we see a su- coming superb attractions. And this is a little plug for other comics Cerebus, Neil the Horse, and The Journey, or Journey. And this is, DC used to do this all the time. They would have advertisements and like, you know, the bottom third of a page. So then we cut over to normal man's pal, Captain Everything. And now we finally find out what's happened to Captain Everything. And we see here... Oh, this is actually a, like another... Um, what's it called? Uh, uh, splash page. So this is a preview of what's coming in the story. And we see Captain Everything standing there. And he's kind of like a Superman parody. He's got a, a yellow and red costume. And he's got on his shirt on his chest that says captain everything he's got stars on his gloves and he's looking at all these duplicates these imperfect duplicates just like the way superman whenever he was exposed to sometimes when he was exposed to uh red kryptonite he there they would generate duplicates or bizarro was an yeah or bizarro was an imperfect duplicate of him so we see all these um imperfect duplicates like a fat everything a black everything a hulk everything uh, a guy with spikes, a guy with a big brain, you know, and on from there. Uh, and so, but, but that's actually not happened yet. That's just a splash page. So we cut over to the headquarters. That's uh, a satellite headquarters floating above the planet Leverum. And it's the satellite headquarters of the Justice League of Society, which I think is a pretty good name. I think it's funny. And, uh, and then we see um, the mem- the main members of the team... Who are not doing monitor duty. These are people who are actually out on duty, I guess, right? We see The Flesh, Flatman, Green Heartburn, Human Person, Waterlogged Man, Robin Hoodlum, Nasty Girl, and Useless Kid, which are all parodies of Justice League characters. And then, so the editor The the,
1: the Flesh is
0: a naked dude. Right,
1: uh, completely uh, naked. The
0: Flash. Right. And then uh, and the narrator's like, uh, which one of these is on monitor duty? Need you ask? It's – and then we flip the page and it's Captain Everything sitting
1: there on monitor duty, right? Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's really bored. Uh, I, I and just then, noticed that the planet he's monitoring, I guess uh, – is that Leverum? It's a it's a cube. Well, that's – see, I don't know uh, because on the previous page, it doesn't
0: look square. But I know that the Bizarro world is square. So I'm not sure if Leverum supposed to be square or if that's just a little joke. I'm not sure. No idea. Yeah. But anyway, Captain Everything looks on his viewer screen, and and he yelps, great crayon, it's the signal watch I gave to Normal Man, and he sees that Normal Man has been punched out, right? Uh, So this is kind of flashing back to the beginning of the story. So then he's like, well, I want to leave and go help him, but I can't leave monitor duty, so what am I going to do? So then he's like, I've got it. I've got an idea. And then a little light bulb goes off over his head. He decides to create a duplicate of himself. So he duplicates himself and he splits into the regular Captain Everything and then a black
1: version of Captain Everything with like an afro. And in the, in the uh, duplicate, his costume is red and yellow instead right. of yellow with red. It's mostly red. Right. And,
0: and it's and he's wearing a little emblem or a little – what do you call that? Like a medallion that says duplicate number one. Just like how Bizarro used to have a thing that said Bizarro number one. See, I did not know that. You're teaching yep. me so much about DC history. Yeah. No See? Idea. He learned something new every episode of Flea Market <laughs> Fantasy. So then he's like, okay, this is perfect. Now I can go rescue normal man and you can do monitor duty. And he's like, uh, monitor duty, hold it. But then we have to cut away, right? So we cut back to the scene of the Liberalator fighting the Fanatic Four and then he's changing back into... Oh, no, he's going back and forth between the
1: liberal later and the ultra-conservative, right? Yeah, every step he takes, he's changing back. Right. Um, remember that movie, what was it, Altered States or whatever? With uh, Remember Altered that? S- that was that David So I don't know, but it was a famous scene where he's walking down the hallway, and like he kept flat, but anyway. Oh, I don't remember that. that, okay. But, uh, yeah, because ultra-conservative is trying to fight the transformation into the liberal later. He's trying to, like resist transformation. Right. formation so then um all of a sudden he's
0: standing there with his legs apart and the the fanatical four are in the background and they're like look out he's strike he's striking a significant kirby pose and it's kind of like a jack kirby pose with his legs all apart and his fists up and um hold on a sec here and then oh what happened well, that's weird. Yeah, it flips upside down. There's one page that's oh, jeez, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I've got the paper copy, but it's like really far away,
1: so <laughs> a, this is kind of hard to read. But here, let me just. Um, it, well, you just beating up the fanatical. Four yeah, they're like uh, getting in a fight, and then we cut back to Captain Everything and his duplicate back at the station, and they're arguing because the duplicate doesn't want to be on monitor duty, so uh, they decide to make more duplicates, right? They
0: uh, right, yeah. right. So then they make so then they make another duplicate. Well, it's actually it, the
1: duplicate that makes the duplicate.
0: Okay. So. And this guy looks pretty much just exactly the same as Captain Everything. Except he's fat. Yeah. And oh well, by my low standards, that's not fat, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> I get your point. Yeah. So then they <laughs> argue with each other. So then they decide to fight. So then they cut away from that and they cut back to the roll call of the sur- <laughs> legion, superfluous legion. Whatever. Sur- yeah. sur- Poof whatever they're called. <laughs> and then they're going through the roll call. Colossal Boar, Comics yeah, they're, Boy, they're Crustacean the roll call. Kid.
1: That's a, that's a good or yeah. joke, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think oh. so. Then they cut back again to Captain Everything. And now there's that was like 20 duplicates, right? There's like the Hulk duplicate. There's a Thor duplicate and on a Werewolf duplicate. So then he's like, okay, well, whatever. I'm getting out of here. So then he takes off. He flies away. And then we see another ad for Aardvark Banaheim Comics.
1: Did you ever read Nil the Horse? No, but I had an issue. I I might have read it once as a kid, yeah.
0: It was one of those. It kind of looks
1: like Steamboat Willie, the old Mickey Mouse. Yeah, good point.
0: Good point, yep. That was one of those ones you'd find in like quarter bins at comic conventions,
1: you know? Journey. I never heard of Journey. No,
0: but that is written by. It says WM, period. And I'm assuming that's short for William. Yes. But uh, yeah, William Francis Messner Lobes, who's now known as William Messner Lobes, so what's he
1: known for though
0: uh he wrote the flash he wrote superman Um, yep a few other things he was big in the 90s good writer anyway so then we cut to the next page and now we see that (coughs) pardon me when normal man was pulled into the door he was pulled in by sergeant fluffy right oh now we're finding that out now we're finding that out yeah first we see a splash page then we find out that he was pulled through the doorway by sergeant sergeant fluffy and so we see this big kind of Staranko splash page of him standing there with like a big American flag behind him, and then there's these small little panels in front of him telling the story. One sec, I just got a cough. <coughs> anyway, so yeah, he's basically saying, um, yeah, he saved him from the ultra-conservative, and uh, and then he, he takes him along with him, and he's like, you're gonna come with me? And they're walking through this, uh, on this platform, in, what is it, Schmuck headquarters? Yep. Yeah, Schmuck headquarters. And there's all this massive, like, kind of
1: Kirby tech on the wall. And I don't know if you we- noticed, Michael, but uh, Sergeant Fluffy is wearing ruby red slippers.
0: Oh, good point. I didn't notice that.
1: I think That's it funny. comes into play later on in the series. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but every time they mention Schmuck, there's a little uh, editor's note, and it says, stands for nothing in particular. Right, okay. right, right. And they do it every time, so it's pretty Right, funny. right. So he's walking along, and... Um,
0: Normal man is like, what is all this machinery for? And he's like, this this is our experimental model anti-physics propulator. And he's like, what does it do? He's like, well, fills up a, a panel pretty well, or pretty damn well. He's like, I had to ask. I had to. Then we cut back to ultra-conservative. And um, he is still fighting the Fanatic Four, but they... Oh, no, what is this now? Oh, so this is a... Uh, oh, so then he's like, I'll summon the Fanaticar, which we've effect- affectionately nicknamed the flying Euphemism. And then there's a little editor's note in an effort to be coinly cute, of course. It looks like and a toilet bowl. Absolutely, yeah. So then he, so yeah, because the old joke about the Fantastic Car was that it looked like a uh, a bathtub. So yeah, this is like a play on that. So he gets into the flying fa- fanatic car, and he's flying to, uh, Magnum Opus, Magnum Opus Almost Limited HQ. And he's flying, and he's like, "Where I shall plot the death of normal men and any foolish." any foolish enough to befriend him and i shall start by sending my agents to destroy him now and we see him he's got this giant red button in front of him he's about to hit it but then we cut back over to sergeant fluffy who is shooting up these uh
1: these aim parody characters called aimless (laughs) instead Uh, of like the the beehive costume like they have garbage cans on their heads right right so he's uh
0: sergeant fluffy is shooting them with a machine gun and uh normal man's kind of like cowering in fear behind him right and and sergeant fluffy's just unloading with his machine gun and like bullets are flying everywhere and normal man's kind of trying to get out of the way so he's like running away and he's running by that machine and then we see out of this black doorway a little hand comes out and says psst come here normie boy and then the the narrator's like, How about that? A new plot twist. So of course this means we're going to cut. So they cut back to the superfluous hero- superheroes or heroes. And they're still doing the roll call. Dastardly Dame. Uh dip- what is that? Diphtheria dip- kid. Diphtheria kid, which diphtheria? It's an illness. Oh, okay. Mm. Donut boy. Dumb dumb bunny, I guess. And then we uh and then we, we find out now what happened to Normal Man. So then he, he's been pulled into, or he's been summoned into this room by this short person who's in shadow. And he's like, Come here, normal, normal boy. I can show you how to get off this planet. And he's like, "What You? That's right, pal. Ain't I got, and I got a one way ticket just waiting for you. All you've got to do is trust me. And we see it's this short little kind of like nymph. And he's got like a black hair kind of combed down on his forehead. And it says on the shirt, Rotten Kid. And then it says, uh-oh, looks like we've run out of room. So we'll have to continue all this next issue. And then we see the preview for next issue, which is a parody of Spider-Man. And it says the excruciatingly average normal man. And that's it. And that's next issue. And that's the end.
1: Yeah, a little Rotten Kid. He's got a superhero outfit on too. And it turns out that Rotten Kid is the ultra-conservative's nephew oh cool i don't know if it's cool but yeah that's what happens (laughs) uh so yeah normal man there it is issue one and uh then there's a letters page of course there's no letters yet because it's the first issue right but there's some backstory on normal man and uh, right how he created them and all that stuff yep uh that's it yeah that's pretty much it yeah so, Normal Man, Issue 1. Alright, it was created and everything by uh, Jim Valentino, who was born in 1952 in the Bronx, New York. He started in the late 1970s producing small press comics that were mostly autobiographical. And uh, Normal Man was his first <coughs> notable work. In the late 1980s, he started working for Marvel. He did some issues of What If? And then he pitched an idea for a new Guardians of the Galaxy series to Tom DeFalco. Yep. Uh, DeFalco already had his own proposal ready to go, but he liked Valentino's idea better, so he gave him the series. How about that? Great. Right. Yep. Good old Tom DeFalco. Uh, <laughs> Valentino wrote and drew the first 29 issues in one annual from 1990 to 1992. Now, Michael, you love Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you read that series?
0: I read – I bought number one off the stands, and I read it, and I enjoyed it, but not enough to keep going. So, But oh. one day I've decided I, I'm going to go back and read it. Yeah, we can't do it on this show because it was 1990. Yes, I know. And that's yet another reason to possibly expand the boundaries <laughs> of our show.
1: Right? But uh, son of flea market fantasy. There you before. go. Yeah. Uh, but did that have the same – like what cast did they have there? In that it
0: was movie? the original like 1970s cast. You know, um, Vance Astro, Martin Next, uh, Charlie 27, Yeah, they Mickey. were the best ones. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What was the other guy's name? Something Hawk or Star or uh, something? There's so many
1: different Hawks in the yeah, world. Yeah, I don't
0: remember. I think but anyway, it was Star yeah. Hawk.
1: Yeah. yeah, the original team. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, then he left Marvel to help create Image Comics. That's true. He had his own Shadow Line imprint, and he created the book Shadow Hawk, one of those right. many Hawks that we mentioned. Yes. And, and he wrote and drew issues 1 through 18 from 1992 to 1996. Yep. Uh, then did that series just end? Then I guess it, it fizzled out. Yeah, because yeah. Image came on like uh, Gangbusters there at the beginning, right. uh, very popular. But then like all the creators were like you know having trouble hitting deadlines and uh, getting books right. out, and uh, so all the, all the excitement and the enthusiasm about Image it it kind of fell off a cliff there. The longer yep. things went, hundred percent. Right? But in 1999, Michael he became the publisher of Image Comics. Right, I was not aware of that at all. Yeah. Uh, this was right after Jim Lee and Mark Silvestri left, so there was a drop in sales at Image, but he he was able to maintain Image as the third biggest company, and he eventually turned a profit. How about that? Right. Turned in a profit. And uh, <laughs> he, he helped discover creators like Robert Kirkman and right. Brian Michael Bendis. Yes, true, true. Now, that Kirkman fella, he did that Walking Dead stuff, right? Yep, absolutely. So he kind of discovered Walking Dead, yeah. And Brian Michael Bendis, he did a whole bunch of... Uh, Yeah. Well, I don't.
0: I'm not a fan of Bendis, but yeah, he became a hugely popular writer at Marvel and now DC. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Read some of his stuff. You fan? Nah. No, I'm not a fan at all. No. He was replaced as publisher in 2003 by. Eric Larson. That's right, Eric Larson. Yep. Uh, So after that, he resurrected his old Shadowline imprint, and he started uh, putting out more books for Image, and he is still the vice president of Image
0: nice well yeah they all i mean the seven original creators i think they all kind of have like a a board of directors position right like president vice president whatever Oh, well, that's
1: nice yeah. yep so uh so there were there were seven guys that created image yes can you name them of course
0: jim lee rob <laughs> Liefeld, todd mcfarlane Wills Portasio, jim valentino mark silvestri and who uh, am i forgetting
1: eric larson yeah. Yeah, Eric Larson, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that's impressive, Michael. Yeah. Yep. So there is Jim Valentino. Any other uh, memories of Jim Valentino?
0: Only that I interviewed
1: him once, and he was a nice guy,
0: and that's about it. Hmm.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I guess when you think about him, yeah, I, Shadow Hawk is really all I know him from.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, he knows he's not the greatest artist. And he's probably not the greatest writer, but I think that he's at home doing kind of retro style comics. So that's why I like yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. But Shadow Hawk was weird because it was like this. It was almost like it was trying to be like a Frank Miller, you know, Dark Knight type thing. So it was ultra violent. Like I don't know if you know the concept, but the whole point of Shadow Hawk was that when he he you know when he confronted criminals he. He didn't beat them up, he didn't arrest them, he didn't leave them for the cops, he broke their spines. Oh, that was that's, the concept. Yeah, that's a that was the concept. Gimmick. Yeah, it's horrible. I know.
1: Not it was just I, ridiculous. Uh, it was like over the top, yeah. Oh, I know remember all Shadowhawk is uh right when Image became super popular. I remember buying issue one of Shadowhawk <laughs> at like a comic book convention or something, just 'cause you know, all these image new books, you want to get them right. all or whatever. And then I I, I remember looking through it, and I was like, "Ah, I don't really like the art that much. Right. uh, uh, Because really, when you think of all those image guys, they're all big flashy artists. McFarlane, LaFleur. And then he really wasn't up to that level, I don't think.
0: No. He was the odd man out, yeah, because you had four X-Men artists, two Spider-Man artists, and then you had Jim Valentino. So he didn't really fit with them at all. I think the only reason he was really in on it was because he was friends with Rob Liefeld. And he kind of helped discover Liefeld. So they were friends, you know? So that's I why was going to wonder, like,
1: why? I was thinking, would they just like him because of his independent background and because a normal man? And they're like, oh, let's come on board with us. Because it does seem like he was the odd man in there. Right. I yeah.
0: yeah, I think it's just because he was friends with uh, Liefeld. I think he was also much older. He, he, was a, he was, I would say, at least 10 years older than Rob Liefeld, if not... Well, it's he was born 20. in 52. 52, yeah. Oh, my so, gosh, yeah. So he was definitely the oldest
1: guy by far. Maybe they need an adult in the room, you know? Yeah, Someone maybe. To, hey, look things over. Uh, so there you go, Jim Valentino, Normal Man. Uh, I thought his art here was fine. I think his art's more made for this kind of style. Yeah. Like I, I like the, his cartoony stuff here. Yeah, I agree. Like, as a cartoon, as a parody or whatever, I love the art for
0: this. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, it's very solid. It's very good. Um Nice different compositions and shit. So, uh, yep. I and like, you know,
0: good expressions it. on the faces. It's funny.
1: Now, the yeah. jokes, uh, <clears throat> they're fine, but it seems like a lot of times they're really hitting you over the head with the joke they're making or he was making. You know, like, <sighs> yeah, making it <laughs> painfully obvious. Hey, do you see what we're doing here? Wink, wink. Do you see? Yes. Do you see? Yeah, we get it. We get it. Um, it almost seemed like uh, the story just existed to have jokes. Um, like, there, you know, not much happens in this issue except for a bunch of cheap jokes lined up one after another.
0: That's so definitely true. Yeah.
1: I would prefer like a s- actual story more. Right. With some jokes thrown in instead of jokes with a little bit of story thrown in. Right. But, um, so, I don't know. It was fine, but it's very much like those what the issues yes. we read. Totally. But the thing with those what the issues, those stories are like four pages and you're out. Right. This is a long book.
0: Uh... yeah and that's why I think he that's probably why he was juggling between three different scenes so that you could kind of not realize there's not actually a story right
1: yes <laughs> yeah, so... kept back and forth that stuff right so I mean it's fine uh, you know but uh, not th- not something I would continue reading at all. see
0: to be honest I think I am going to continue reading because I know there's wow. only 12 and uh, maybe one a special so I'm just going to I'm probably going to reread the whole thing just finish it
1: alright <laughs> Good luck with that. Yep. So uh, I I don't know. One out of ten. I'll I'll give it a six. Yeah. I'll give it a six too. Like I I respect what he did. I appreciate what he did. But you know, I don't think it's like hilariously funny or anything. Right.
0: Yeah. It's just one of those things where I like the vibe. I like the art. And it's like, yeah, it's more like I appreciate what he's doing and I enjoy it. But it's not hilarious. But I do really like it. So a thumbs up. But, you know, just a mild thumbs up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there you go. We agree. I can't believe it. Six out of ten for both of us. All right, <laughs> Michael. Uh, next week on this big here program, I like I think, uh, I think like when we go back and forth. Like you make a pick and I, I pick in response to your pick, you know? Oh, I kind of okay. like when we do that sort of thing. So uh, you you brought up the Aardvark-Vanaheim independent comic book scene. Ooh. So I'm going to do it one better. I want to go back to Aardvark-Vanaheim. But with a better book, I think, I hope, fingers crossed. I uh, I first heard about this character when we did our when I was doing my research for Dakota North. Okay. I, I love Dakota North. And I and I heard about this character and I was like, oh yeah, that seems interesting. I should read some of this, but I never did. And I forgot all about this character. And then when I was researching Hard Park Vanna, I was like, oh shit, there's that character again. So we're gonna go next week, we're gonna go Miss Tree. Oh wow. Issue okay. 13 from nineteen eighty-three. This is a female, hard-boiled private eye. Kind of the inspiration, I guess you could say, for Dakota North and uh, everything that followed. But uh, this looks pretty cool. I'm kind of excited about this. Issue 13 has the cover, Michael, I don't know if you're looking at it right now, but I think this is one of the best covers I've ever seen. It is awesome. Okay, let me punch this
0: sucker in. Hold on here. Miss Tree. Tree. And this is a play on words,
1: right? Yeah, her name, Miss, as you know, Ms, and then Tree. So like mystery, if you read it quickly. (laughs) Well, wait, uh, you know what's funny? Is it like, sp- oh, here it is.
0: Oh, it's, oh, it's mystery Yeah, yeah. Miz-tree. Mi- I see I was spelling it, mystery. Okay, it's Mistry. But yeah, but you
1: say it quick like it's mystery. They're doing that as a play yeah. of words. Mystery, and this is mystery. the
0: 1983 series, yes. right? Okay, hold on a sec here. And it's number 13, you said? Issue 13. Okay, let me just see this cover to confirm it's one of the greatest ever
1: made. It's awesome. I love it. It's pretty it. cool. I gotta it say, it's pretty cool. Hey, it is awesome. And we'll talk about it in detail Oh, okay Yeah, I like uh, it So Alright, there it is Miss Tree Alright I'm excited about this, Michael Yeah, I'm excited excited. too
0: Because this is uh, Max Allen Collins, right? I'll take your word for it I don't know Yeah I think your artist's name is Beatty Terry, Terry Beatty, yes and I'll have you know, Max Allen Collins wrote a handful of Batman stories that I'm sure we'll be wow. reviewing on our show one day. Uh, like, you know, I'll play off you, you play off me. You know how it works. Anyway. Because uh, I had
1: a different issue picked. Okay. And then when I, when I stumbled across the mystery, I'm like, oh, no, shit, we got to read this. So, yeah, we're doing mystery. Awesome. Cool. Can't wait. So there you go. Check out next week's
0: episode of Flea Market Fantasy and every episode of Flea Market Fantasy. All of them are available at www.comicbooksyndicate.com. One week I pick, one week week Mike Dell picks. So yeah, be sure to join us. And until next Tuesday, Disperse!